is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. Your hosts, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Oh, yes, we can do this live on remote from Spice Trade. Don't you wish? I wish. Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project tonight's a good night. And uh, this is the second annual. It's the uh, Gingerbread House competition. And last year, that's what was on my mind as Jeff Tyler from Spice Trade uh, won the competition. And beat you I, out. I mean, yeah. hand, I mean, it, you just weren't that good last year, Greg. Are no, you better this year? Did you step no, up to the plate? No, I don't think we're that good this year either. I think it's better. It's good. It's good. Is yours better though? <laughs> That's a question. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out. We got a fun show for you tonight. Again, from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Here we are live. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman. Where's Little Rich Snyder? Where's Little Rich? Yeah, where is Little Rich? That's the question. And last week, Little Rich took the reins and did a great job at Studio Kitchen Colorado. We are on remote. So um, if you're in the shot of our voice, we'd love for you to come. Um, actually, Jay, would you buy someone a beer if they came down and said, sure. uh, Jay Parker will buy me a beer? Sure. If I can buy it with my uh, charm and good looks, because uh, all I've got is, is lint and buttons. In that sweater shirt, you could probably pocket. sneak back behind the bar and yeah. pour one yeah. yourself there, I, Mr. Now you're thinking, I probably Jay could. Parker. It's a lively crowd tonight. We've got a great lineup for you. Here's a highlight. Uh, Chef Chris Starkis, urban farmer. We love Urban Farmer downtown, and Urban Farmer is what, I mean, how would you describe that, Brian, Urban Farmer? Well, it's it's true description as a steakhouse, but, you know, what Chris does is he is, he's one of these guys, he's actually from the Northwest, and he's all about hyper-local, and uh, I, I give him a shout-out, you know, he's one year into his project over there at Urban Farmer, and um, he is doing it right. He is uh, working with all the local people that we work with, um, and he works with a few that we don't work with, and I like that. So Chris will be up. Chef Chris Starkus will be up soon. It's a pleasure to be back from Florida with my guys. Here we are. Uh, Jay, Yo. glad, are you glad I'm back? I'm ecstatic <laughs> that you're back. Ecstatic. <laughs> I don't know. So Andrew Moore, the um, I call him the most interesting man in the world. And if you haven't been to Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, what's the address, Andrew? Yeah, so we're here at 925 West 8th Avenue in Denver uh, between Santa Fe and Calumet. So If you're a local, when you're heading down 8th Avenue to get on west, Santa Fe, yep. And to get on 6th Avenue uh, freeway, highway? I mean, what yeah, would you call well, it? Uh, yeah, it's a highway, yeah. 6th Avenue. We'll call it a highway. Just before that, what you need to do is just turn off and park because when traffic is at its worst yep it's a say it's a, a you know mid midweek oh any it's day a of thursday the week. friday it's a good time to stop Just by. stop and park yeah. and sit here in intrepid sojourner beer project and take in all that this brewery has to offer a lot of times food trucks are here um it's a happening place tonight and we've got a lot of things to cover but the uh, gingerbread house competition is really what i'm hoping comes through for have you tried tonight. the gingerbread beer I, there's a lot of stuff I want to try uh, here tonight. Uh, oh, yes, I think, indeed. I think I might be the only one at the table who has the gingerbread oh, beer. Oh, no, friend, right here. Oh, I'm, uh, cheers, you, you know, sir. Cheers. There That's we go. the voice there of Jeff go. Tyler and yeah, Spice Trade defense, Brewing Company. Spice Trade beer. So. Here comes some food right now from uh, Spice Flow Food Truck, which Thank I, you. I've been hungry Thank all you. night. Yeah. And 
I see Chris Starkis. I see Gigi Youngblood. Davery's here with us tonight. Um, whiskey Sisters. All that I we're saw missing one of, one right of the now. Whiskey Sisters the, over there. Yeah, Felicia's here. Yep, Felicia. From the Whiskey Sisters and Robbie Hahn. So we brought our posse with us here tonight, too. As we continue on in the kitchen is going to be uh, Katie from Good Sugar Baking. Good Sugar. Good Sugar. What do they do? Yeah, Good Sugar Baking, uh, we've been really excited to work with them. They sell fantastic cookies uh, all over Denver, at, uh, probably at a brewery near you. And so a couple times now we've done these really awesome events where we build a flight of four beers around four unique cookies, uh, and you can come in and kind of experience beer that way. Uh, so it's just another way that we can kind of get beer and food or beer and cookies. Are any of those uh, beers salty? Are any those, you know, no, a little no, sweet and salty. Yeah, no, no salty beers on the menu right now. Uh, <laughs> salty just, just salty personalities just in salty the room. Dogs, yeah, salty personalities. <laughs> 7 p.m., Zach's coming on from Rebel Bread. What do you know about Rebel Bread? Uh, so, again, uh, another great uh, local partner, Rebel Bread. We just uh, released this historical Russian style of beer called a kvass in conjunction uh, with Rebel Bread. It's basically fermented uh, rye bread. Uh, and if you haven't been down to Rebel Bread, their, their rye and their sourdough uh, are incredible. Uh, next time you're looking for breakfast uh, in downtown Denver, definitely stop by. Well, that's cool. Alex and David from Squirrel. Uh, squirrel barrels, squirrel square barrels. Squirrel square barrels. I almost said it wrong too. How do you do it? Well, I mean, what's a squirrel barrel and why? Yeah, so uh, a squirrel, it kind of grew out of uh, experience uh, as a distiller. And so traditionally, um, you're aging spirits in 100 year old oak barrels. A lot of times it has to be brand new 100 year old oak barrels. And there are only so many of those. And, 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 we're almost out, frankly, of 100-year-old oak. So it's this great um, invention that allows us to utilize different kinds of wood, smaller amounts of oak, and still get that traditional oak-flavored character that you're looking for. Is it like the stave process? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit like the stave. So the, it's a stainless steel frame. It has 12 uh, wooden staves um, and that kind of maximize surface area, right? So we get as much surface area in a 10-gallon squirrel as you do in a 60-gallon barrel like the ones against the wall here. I nice. like to call it a new age, sustainable way to age your whiskey and to be able to almost scientifically get the aging from those staves and the flavor profile that you want and to be able to perpetuate that in a way that, um, I mean, listen, uh, that's a tough thing, especially with the shortage of trees more and more the distilleries that I talk to say it's hard to come across barrels. You know, I yeah. think what's so cool about that, Greg, is the fact that right now we're, I think we're, we're touching an industry that's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. And we're all of a sudden going to have some major innovation around distilling, yeah. around brewing. I think what's happened in the last, I mean, remember this when we were kids or when I was a kid, um, I'm probably a little older than everyone at the table, but there was... No, you are. You, there was only... You are. It was like Coors. I mean, I remember when I was in college and Keystone came out as this miraculous beer that had a plastic liner that didn't taste like a can. That was their selling point back then. Yeah. And to think of where we've come since, you know, yeah. that was 20 years ago, 
how far we've come yeah, since then. Yeah, well, I mean, the cool thing about the squirrel is you can use all kinds of wood that weren't previously accessible to brewers and distillers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thinking about that innovation, you know, any kind of wood that you can think of can be utilized in a 12-inch compact squirrel stave. Um, so it's going to provide some really unique opportunities for people uh, interested in barrel-aged beers. If you want to hear about that at 7.15, Alex and, Dave, uh, Alex and David from Squirrel Square Barrels will be on to talk about that. And I think it's interesting because you look at um, the purists like Law's uh, Whiskey who said no shortcuts. Are there shortcuts? I think there are, man. I mean, you're looking at uh, Distillery 291 in Colorado Springs and... They're just pushing out whiskey um, that's not aged for two, three years, that has been in barrel eight months in a and smaller barrel. What do you think? Is that is that 291 They're good? They're winning awards left and right worldwide. So yeah. that's a discussion that yeah. needs to be made. My Make Studio is going to come up at 730, and these gals have helped us so much. They're our spirit guides when it comes to building anything that you would want as far as uh, gingerbread houses and they do so much more we'll catch up with them and then at 745 booze in the news all the booze news you can use with andrew moore jeff tyler and john strother um, we're going to just talk about craft beers the state of craft beers where we're at right now and i think that'll be uh, a good one for all of us i, I will probably cut the um uh, I'm, I'm thinking out loud but the my make studio a little short so that we can have a good stretch of 20 or so minutes just to catch up with the brewers with that uh housekeeping to do top chef 2019 is it 2019 yes. yeah, um, I mean, well no I, I, I don't think i think this is like the back room or something yeah. so season it's, 16 yeah but in last chance kitchen our last friends, last chance kitchen there yeah, you go chef carrie baird crushing chef it brother love yeah carrie's coming how would you first. know have you watched I, I, hey you know i try to do my homework for the show every now and then um you know why? You, why you give me such a hard time, Mr. Florida? There, uh, but yes, she's she's crushed it. The last two, Carrie is uh, one, and uh, our, our good old boy brother is in second place. It's six sixteen in the Mile High City, and without further ado, what we're gonna do is take a break. We're gonna pay a couple bills, and we'll come back. He's the man with the plan. His name is Chef Chris Starkis, Urban Farmer. We love Urban Farmer, man. And last time we were there, I think the last time we were there, Andrew, didn't you have a beer dinner? Yeah, we did a really, uh, really awesome beer dinner with uh, Chef Chris Tarkas uh, a little over a year ago now. Um, yeah, pairing some of our beers, Hickory Peach. I remember that baked Alaska was just fantastic. Beer is food, man, and I mean, jump on board. And a lot of times when Chef embraced that the beer is food and how can we pair these things, that um, you come up with some delicious, delicious pairing events. and. Chris Starkis and uh, Urban Farmer kind of cutting that trail, especially when they work with guys like Andrew Moore and uh, Jeff Tyler from uh, Spice Trade Brewing Company. Okay, live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. It, what do you call this event? Is this the uh, second this is second annual Gingerbread Invitational? Invitational. How many yeah. entries do we have today? So we've got four entries this year. Yep. Yeah, we've actually got an entry from the from the public this year, so it's 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 yeah. growing, it's getting out there. I yeah. think next year we might have more more entries from the public. I think we're really going to grow this event yeah. to a nationwide gingerbread <laughs> competition. World's largest gingerbread competition. I think competition. that's what we're shooting think, for. We yeah. talked about it last year. We're talking about it now. I think it's going to be world's largest. Hey, Jay Parker. Yo. Do you have pictures of that that you're showing of uh, the gingerbread houses on our uh, Facebook Live? I don't. Why would you? 
it might be. I, I you know, I should up. go there too. I'll check it out. I'll be, I'll be the man. <laughs> come see our gingerbread houses and come on down. Give the address again, Andrew. Nine two five West Eighth Avenue. Uh, in Denver, just south of downtown. Yeah, it's popping down here tonight. All right, Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. It is the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Hi, I'm Charlie, the brewmaster at Brews Beers in Denver. I want to tell you about something truly amazing. Belgium, a country the size of Maryland, is home to more than 600 amazing beers. And this May, you can be part of the greatest beer trip ever. We're taking a lucky group of beer lovers to Belgium for 10 incredible days. Airfare, luxury hotels, fabulous food, and lots and lots of great Belgian beers. You can visit breweries that are rarely open to the public, like Orval, Vesflater, and Cantillon, Chimay, Brasserie DuPont, and more than we can list here. You'll visit the cities of Brussels, Bruges, Ghent, Biersel, Popering, and the amazing Belgian countryside. This is the dream trip of a lifetime, and you can be part of it. Spaces are limited, and it's filling up fast. Call us today at 303-650-2337. That's 303-650-BEER, or go to our website, brewsbeers.com. I'll see you in Belgium. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, Chef Brother Luck from Four My Brother Luck in Colorado Springs. Oh, man, we're having a good time. We're having a good time. And also competing on Season 15 of Top Chef. You are listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. It's Chef Terry from Bardo in Denver. <laughs> I'm also on season 15 of Top Chef Colorado. <laughs> and you're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Yes, you are, Carrie Baird. I love this. So, so much going on in Denver right now with the opening of so many restaurants. This next Wednesday is uh, uh, Daniel Asher and Max McKissick's, uh, along with Juan Padros. Yep, Oscara. Oscara. Yep. Coming right up. It's coming right around the corner. There's been so many great things going on. The holiday, I was just talking with Chris, and it's just what I love about Colorado. People get out there and enjoy themselves around the holidays. That is for sure. Big companies will celebrate, and um, I'm glad to hear they're coming down and seeing you as well down at the Urban Farmer, Chris. That's That's what we're doing right now. It is the holiday season, and live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, a formal introduction. He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of yours. His name is Chef Chris Starkis, and Urban Farmer is where he lands. Chef, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back in Trevor Sojourner for the second night in a row. Too. Yeah, kind of welcome back. Uh-huh. You were here last night, right? Yeah, yeah. We did that whole uh, we did the whole beer tasting from the farm and the collaboration that we worked on. Yeah. On the mic right now, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman were awaiting the uh, anointment of Little Rich Schneider. He hasn't walked through the doors yet. And we he know he's he was safe, at the right? Factory. Yeah. 
But uh, Andrew Moore from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, Jeff Tyler from Spice Trade Brewing Company, and uh, Chef Chris Starkus. We're all with you right now on this uh, beautiful evening in, uh, I think the Broncos are going right now. They are going right now. So yeah. go Broncos. Uh, what I would encourage you to do is turn down the volume of your TV, turn up the Modern Eater Show, watch the Denver Broncos, and listen to this show as Kevin comes in from uh, Intrepid Sojourner, too. He has a project going on right now. Last night you were here, Chris Starkis. What were you doing? So we had the, we basically made a beer with Andrew out here in Intrepid Sojourner. So I have a farm in Lakewood called uh, Lost Creek Micro Farm, and we basically, me and my wife, run it with with my two kids. And how'd we, you come up with the name? Uh, you know what? There's there was a creeks that ran through Lakewood that actually went in and fed Sloan's Lake, and basically one of the wells that we have on the property comes from um, some of those creeks that were lost, if you will. So they kind of were underground as they got developed Great in Lakewood. There. Um, so we have a quarter acre next to the house and then an eighth of an acre uh, at a friends of ours as well. We call the Annex. So at the Annex this year, we grew um, watermelon and cantaloupe there. And so part of that was... What made you pick that? I've always wanted to grow fruit. Hands down. I always wanted to grow fruit. I know how well cantaloupe grows out here in Colorado, and my son loves watermelon. Both my kids love watermelon, hands down. So I thought, well, I'm going to grow it because I know where there's coming from. Um, and so at the eighth, at the annex, there's actually ditch water there, which got shut off in the middle of the season because of the water rights. Everyone is in, involved in that. But we had basically dry farmed it. And if you don't know what dry farming is, dry farming is basically when you're letting Mother Nature do all the watering. Now, what you get from that is inconsistent in size, but everything basically becomes ripe at the at, at the same time, if you will. So that's what we got. We had about 250 pounds of cantaloupe, and at the restaurant we made sorbets with watermelon and cantaloupe. We made you know drinks and mimosas and everything, but because it, it was all ready at the same time, we had salads. And I called Andrew. I said, Hey, I got 120 pounds set aside got, for you. <laughs> I got 120 pounds ready to go right now. Can I drop it off like in 10 minutes? And so. Um, he said, yes, if you clean it up, that'd be great because I don't have the kitchen facilities here to do it. And I, absolutely, I have that. And uh, so we, I toasted off the seeds, made like this really kind of like like sticky kind of brittle with it, if you will. Just really nice and toasted and roasted because uh, he said that might be a good thing to, to involve. And then gave him all the flesh and the liquid as well. So I dropped it off in three different ways and then he took it from there. So I didn't, you know. What did you do when you yeah. dropped it off, Andrew? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we... Um, we found that anytime we use adjuncts, like uh, especially with fruit, uh, but also with spices, like we try to kind of layer it in throughout the process. Um, and it's something uh, Jeff from Spice Trade can talk about too. But so we took those roasted seeds and we put them in for the duration of the boil because uh, you get a lot of extraction uh, with that, like 60, 75 minutes of heat. Um, so you get this nice kind of like warm, uh, almost nutty flavor from those cantaloupe seeds uh, kind of on the back of the palate when you drink it. And then you get uh, the, all that cantaloupe juice and, and then all that cantaloupe flesh. So it's got kind of How do you keep of that a, integrity through the brewing process? Um, so we put everything, in, in this case, we put everything in on the hot side uh, because there's always uh, sort of sanitation issues associated with fruit on the cold side. Um, and uh, so holding everything at a temperature, you know, it's at 180 for at least 20, 30 minutes. So anything that we might, any spoilage organisms we might be worried about are uh, taken care of at those temperatures. Um, and, I mean, there is some, like, kind of spin the wheel and see what happens involved yeah. in the sense of, like, you know, a lot of those sugars, you put it in on the hot side and they're going to ferment out. Um, and some of that flavor is going to go with it. Uh, but I think 
you know, I, th I think it turns out 120 pounds of cantaloupe is a good amount of cantaloupe to dose seven barrels of beer with. Uh, and uh, when I taste the beer, though, I'm not overwhelmed with cantaloupe. No, definitely, it's it's gotten really mellow. Uh, honestly, we were a little bit worried like two weeks earlier. Could you have used 240 pounds? Um, I would have used it differently. We would have kind of continued, I think, with that layering process. We would have put some in the mash. Um, and, and let some of those uh, more like complex uh, sugars and starches contribute to like mouthfeel and body. Um, I wouldn't have put all 240 pounds just into the boil. Chef Too Chris, much cantaloupe. Chef Chris Stark is one, one second, Brian. Um, when you when you look at you know being a chef, but you, and you see talented brewers like Andrew and Jeff, and you want to facilitate them. Do you have any input on? How, or do you just say here it is? I mean, in this round it was it was here it is, and then from there, you know, he brought it over. He said, "Hey, it's it's ready to go. Let's try it." And so from there, we decided we were going to do a flight from him, and because like what you tasted today, like you said, it's a nice base to go it from, is. nice drinkable, but not overwhelmingly cantaloupe, which I know that's what Andrew didn't want, you know. And so from there, we we did four. We said, "Hey, how can we can we pair with it?" Because I mean, it's like it's like pairing food or building any sort of yeah. dish, anyways. Because when I did the roasted seeds and, and the juice and everything, I thought, well, if I was going to do a dish with that cantaloupe, I'd make a sorbet and a burrito from the seeds and then, you know, use the flesh uh, probably straight straight up on an appetizer. So in giving that to him, that was kind of my thought, the thought process of it. Um, and then from there, we decided, hey, let's do four. So he said, I, I work with squirrel barrels, which is is having these oak barrels, and you can get a, a good amount of oak within a couple days. So we'll do, let's do one oaked. Um, I make a bee pollen bitters. Um, you know, we use it at the restaurant and cocktails. Well, I want that right that. now. <laughs> it's, it's delicious. It's, good. it's, it's coming so up. Yeah. It's coming up for sure. So um, I, I brought it down to him and I said, I, I, this might be a good compliment. Let's try it. And so he said, great. He smelled it. He said, yes, this is going to be great. And then he said, you know, I, I know that, you know, coriander and mint and ginger and, uh, you know, jalapeno go well with it. So let's make like this. Um, I can't remember what you, what you call it. It wasn't an infusion. You used a different term for that. Oh, so well, when we tasted it, yeah, we made, an, we made an extract. But, extract, but for yeah. last night, it was it was fresh, um, raw ingredients that the beer was being drawn through yeah. on the way to the tap. So you got the good notes of the jalapeno. It wasn't spicy at all, not like a chili beer or anything like that. But it kind of it's kind of like the the good attributes of the jalapeno without any spice, right? And of course, you got the mint and everything with it as well. So the flight was four, and um, it was sixteen dollars last night, and half of it. Um, proceeds of all those flights went back to the farm so we could have seeds and everything next year. So it was really nice to, to work with Andrew on that. And uh, we're actually planning on what we're going to do in the coming year from it. And it was, it was a good turnout. It was good, just like last, just like it is here right now. Yeah, uh, no, it was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Again, an intrepid Sojourner beer project. And um, as we talk about with uh, uh, Chef Chris Starkis from Urban Farmer, and I think this is a great relationship. But bring Jeff Tyler into the mix as we talk about this uh, in, infusion, inductions, what did you call it? Uh, so I, I guess in infusion, we're always kind of like toying with what the right vocabulary is, yeah. right? I mean, we, we play with extracts, we play with infusions, uh, you know, variations. Um, but And we want to give people who try the, the, whether it's the cantaloupe saison or yeah. the botanical IPA or the gingerbread bock with spice trade, like, I want to give people an experience of, of, of different flavors. Yeah. Jeff, you like to play fare. with melons. Yeah, uh, you know, to be totally honest, <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a personal level, but on, on a professional level, I've never put a melon in a beer before, and so I think 
I, I actually haven't tried it yet, so I'd love to, to taste some of what, what? the beer you guys are talking about. We have about. to get that on Well, it just got released yesterday. I haven't been here since yesterday, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'd love to try some of it. But, yeah, so we do a lot of layering of, of, of flavors and ingredients, kind of like you were talking about with uh, how to break apart. Okay, I have one ingredient. I'm going to utilize different components of that ingredient at different points in the process. We try to do the same thing with beer um, a little bit differently because uh, we don't have kind of the same presentation format that you do with, with food items. Sure. So what we try to do is layer flavors throughout the brewing process. So the Gretel beer uh, gingerbread box is a good example of how layering flavors works. Um, you know, we spent we spent a good six hours just baking gingerbread. We baked like 25 pounds of gingerbread yeah. <laughs> before we even started brewing a beer. Wow. We spent yeah. a whole day in a kitchen Thanks, making Barbecue gingerbread. Thanks, Barbecue Supply Company. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Barbecue Supply Company. Um, <laughs> you could you have get... used our kitchen, by the way. Well, you know, next we, time. we weren't offered it, but next time we'll uh, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, so that's just a, a component of it, right? We spend all this time making gingerbread. We add that to the mash. Um, that mixes in with our grains. It adds one component of flavor, really authentic gingerbread flavor. And then we add more spices to the to the boil. We add some dry spices. We add some fresh spices. And then we wait. We let it ferment out. And then we add some more spices on the fermentation side, and that gives us some more aromatics. And we try to layer it throughout the brew. And I think that's what makes a more well-balanced, nuanced beer versus just a, hey, let's throw some spices in once and call it a day. Sure, sure. This is Broadcasting 101. Never mention what something else is happening on something else that you could watch or listen to. But the Broncos are down uh, 7-0 to the Browns right now. Uh, come on. Let's go, Broncos. I mean, you know, if you're here in Denver right now, you'd appreciate how much we love our Denver Broncos. Back to uh, Urban Farmer. Here's what I want to do. If you guys don't mind, I want to talk about beer and food, but I also want to talk about Urban Farmer sure. and the things that you guys are doing there. When we had a dinner at Urban Farmer, Brian. Wasn't that incredible? <laughs> it was <laughs> sick because yeah. everything came out. I, I mean, I didn't know where to go with my senses. But what really uh, struck me was some of the more simple things, like bringing out some honeycomb. Sure. Oh, my goodness. And you're a bee farmer as well. Would yes. you call it a bee farmer? Keeper? No, I'm farmer? a beekeeper. I'm a beekeeper. I'm actually, I'm working on my master's of beekeeping. I'm on my second level right now that, here There's in no such thing as that. Is there? Yeah, absolutely uh, there is. It's yeah. called bee whisperer. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's a, it's a full program that, that you go through. It takes about seven years to get through the whole thing. So. Can we touch on that a little bit when we get back? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's, yeah. we're having fun right now. Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, Andrew Moore, Jeff Tyler, and Chef Chris Starkis. Uh, we're all here with you. We'd appreciate it if you uh, rejoin us right here in a couple of minutes as we get back from Intrepid Soldier Beer Project on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Do you have the goods? Jay Parker here for The Goods Restaurant. If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Get started with the vegan gluten-free tacos, warm corn tortillas, wood oven roasted veggies, pickled onions, shaved radish, tomatillo, fresh cilantro, and a house-made vegan sour cream. Wow! How about the best burger on planet Earth? One half pound of Aspen Ridge beef, 
lettuce, tomato, pickles, and never any hormones, antibiotics, or steroids. I recommend getting the crispy rosemary fries. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two daily happy hours, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They are family and children friendly and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant who offer a wide menu of gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan options, and they don't forget about the meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com If you've got a business and need a website or need a graphic designer, F. Johnson Design does it all. Take the headache out of trying to build your own website or design graphics. Who has time for that? F. Johnson Design will get you up and running with a professional and great-looking website. Design sharp graphics to your specifications and have your site up faster than you think. Logo, package design, SEO coding, and more. F. Johnson Design did the Modern Eater's website. Go to TheModernEater.com to check out some of their work. Reach out to F. Johnson Design at fjohnsondesign.com. Hey, it's Peter Allman with South River Aquaponics. As a chef and aquaponics farmer, I get the importance of conserving our limited water supply. Did you know Colorado is suffering from the most severe drought since 2012? Water shortages are very real, especially to Colorado farmers. Now here's the good news. Aquaponic farming uses 90% less water than traditional farming, while producing four and a half times more food per square foot. Using traditional farming techniques, farmers would flood their fields with large quantities of water, leaving much of this water underutilized and just plain wasted. But because aquaponics is a recirculating system, the only water used is what the plants uptake and some very minor evaporation. South River Aquaponics has been running a 55,000-gallon system year-round for four years, and we use less than 500 gallons of water per day. Education is very important to us here at South River Aquaponics. I invite you to learn more about aquaponics at southriveraquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming. Okay, continuing with um, Chris Starkis from Urban Farmer here in just a minute. But Jeff Rock and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, I have to tell you, 20 years in the business. What business is he in? Installing custom tap lines. But moreover than that, making sure that the maintenance of your tap system is running with the efficiency that it should be. A family man, everything you would look for in hyper-local. He's going to give you an A-plus report card. I've heard a couple of things. Uh, uh, Chris Starkis, put your headset on there. Not to put you on the spot or anything, but uh, as far as uh, draft lines go, I hear you have a little draft line thing going on at Urban Farmer, no? We mean the CO2 thing. What is that? We, we're changing over our companies right now. Would you consider Jeff Rourke an A-plus beverage solutions? Put him in touch with me, absolutely. I mean, I, seriously, this guy can fix and change anything that you need. A lot of times with restaurants, because glycol systems run so far, you have very limited capabilities, um, things are difficult, but to navigate your way through, and I put... Chris on the spot right there, but I truly believe in Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. He can make sure. He, he can come down and take a look. He'll know at first blush what you need to do. Uh, and, and I'm going to try and do this with Urban Farmer and um, Chris Starkis. But Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Foam is money. Uh, time off is money. Not having the draft capabilities, especially in this town. Denver, Colorado is the town that you should be pouring delicious craft beer. If you're pouring inefficient beer, boys, what are you doing? You're pouring pouring your your money money down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. Jeff Rourke has it all. (laughs) Are you mad at me, Chris? Don't be be (laughs) mad at at me. Get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. I'm going to give you the phone number right now. 
Write this down, Chris. So. <laughs> 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. I'm telling you, he'll make it all come true for you. Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Justin Brunson, Old Major. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Uh, intrepid Sojourner Beer Project and uh, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, Andrew Moore, and Jeff Tyler. They're here with us as well. but um, And if you see Rich Schneider, get him down here. Rich is he here. Is. Oh, he is. Yep, Rich just came in the building right now. Beautiful. But um, Chef Chris Stark is Urban Farmer right now. And I'll tell you what, if you want a dining experience, Urban Farmer, and we're going to talk about that a little bit right now. But um, have to talk to you right now about, uh, he just peeked in, and Sean Smiley. Sean Smiley. His new barbecue. Guy. Is what, what are you talking? He's got a new liquor. Well, he line. just texted me and he said uh, a huge barbecue holiday party next Friday, the 21st, at the distillery. State 38. State 38. I did it right. State 38 distilling, and uh, on the 21st at the distillery, free bar, free, 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 barbecue. free barbecue. And some great cocktails. He didn't put free next to the cocktails. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's over in Golden. Is that uh, where we're going to be seeing him? But please join if you can. And he said if we could stop by, that'd be great. I think we're going to do that. So the Modern Eater Show will be at um, on the uh, 21st of Friday at um, State 38. Ooh, there you go. Something new. Curveball. All right, back at it. As we talk about that, um, you go down to Urban Farmer, Chris, and how would you describe it? How would you describe the libations, the food, the atmosphere? I mean, I would say it's, you know, it's, it's 100% farm-to-table restaurant, and that goes from the cocktail program all the way into... 100%? You know, yeah, absolutely. Everything's farm-to-table, right? Isn't that a true thing? <laughs> <laughs> what well, has to be. It's not... That's right. As we were having this great we conversation about this manufactured meat product, but the reality is, is... Everything is farm to table. Correct. It was one of the cliche things of, uh, yeah. I mean, now there there is farm to factory to table. That's true. Which That's we true. are trying to cut that factory That's piece correct. out, I think. I think we're on the same page when it comes to yep. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think those relationships that, again, that I've built, not only with the farmers in town here, you know, uh, Growers Organic as well, but also companies that you trust. We were talking a lot about that before the show. Um, but, you know, farm to table in the respect that you know where the food comes from, understanding the source, but also as you come in the restaurant, and part of it is understanding how your food's growing, how's it get to you, um, you know, from some of the farming things that we have in there. And that goes from uh, beers and cocktails and everything else uh, involved as well. And so that's, that's, that's really what we are and what we do. Um, and I Put inv- your hat towards me a little bit I because invite, I see uh, a cow with Colorado <laughs> on the cow, and, and that's truly what it is. What can you do within your community? Absolutely, you know. And what have you done within your community? You know, bringing these partners in with us, I mean, one of the ones that we've done as far as that's beyond just the walls that we do is we've partnered with a company called Scraps that helps, you know, extend compost in the lower downtown area. There's nothing in it for us in that respect um, except for helping her do that. And and by helping people in the lower downtown compost, we're we're all doing the right thing, right? And so... um, Ourself and our ethos in, in the restaurant is being a, a much more sustainable and green company. Um, we're on the Good Food 100 list uh, this coming year, which is all about menu transparency and really putting yourself to the test on where you're putting your money regionally, nationally, locally uh, as well. Because Why is that important? It's 100% important because if you're, I'm, I'm telling you on Farmer Table, you're like, oh, really, Farmer Table, right? 
I can tell you all you want, but who's actually really looking in the mirror if it's not myself of the restaurant doing that? Then, then who is for you? You know, who's going to bat for you to really know where those ingredients are coming from? You're trusting, you know, us and our chef team and our front of the house team to put those things on your plate. Why do you think that that is important to the consumer right now? I have my own feelings. I mean, 100. Want to know why? I mean, we were just talking about Romaine now. Romaine recall, right? Yeah. You th- you think all your remains safe? What? Why is it not safe? Well, e. coli? How is this thing? Well, if you have a smaller footprint on how your food gets to you, yep. it's more direct and you know all the farmers involved, it's safer, period. Because I know what's going on. And so that's why I think it's important. Chef Stark, is, I said that exact same thing to Brian. I said, how can they do that whole, I mean, what about the microgreen places that we oh, see? Oh, well, Infinite and Harvest. What about we the, had Infinite Harvest. What about the know, hydroponics, the aquaponics yeah. farms? None that of that. We, it was so irresponsible. The, they, The whole thing with that romaine recall was... Again, no no organic lettuce was found. Correct. No small farm yeah. lettuce was found. It was one farm they just released yesterday. I mean, but this kind of misinformation, and I think that's what Chris I think is it's truly alluding big. to. It yeah, is, because you know, here's how it is when I was growing up. Oh, you got to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> yes. You got to go ahead and ruin it for everybody. And that's not the way that it should be. But a lot of people with this blank misinformation that we're yeah. going through right now, that's where the farm to table, that's where the true 100%, right. I'm going to tell you where your food comes from, Correct. the importance of that. Why hasn't that rang true forever? Why is conventional farming, farming that is not organic, why is organic farming outside the norm? Why isn't that conventional? I agreed. Chris, why? I mean... I think 100% it's a whole, it's a cultural paradigm in America to change over. I think people will pay more for pharmaceutical helps, you know, to issues with their health than they will with food. If you look at food as medicine, and that goes all the way through, you know, whether you're eating meats or vegetables or fish. If you look at food as medicine, and you spend your money there, then there's no reason for these pharmaceutical companies to be as big as they are because they're not needed. And so that's that's the way I live my life and philosophy, which is why we have the farm, so I can teach my kids where food comes from. And they know how to grow it. And, you know, there was, I can tell you one story of my son. It was like, we had one night, me and my wife were working. I was working long that day. And we pulled out a canned soup. And honestly, my son was, he's what, nine now. And this was last year, so he was eight. He, is, he had never had a canned soup in his life. We, we cook from scratch all the time. And he wouldn't eat it. He thought it was the most flavorless thing on the planet because he knew the difference. You know what I mean? He knew the difference. You know the difference between ripe fruit and non-ripe fruit. And that's a, that's what eating in season is and what not eating in season is. Is everything right? coming full circle? Amen. I, I, I absolutely hope so. You know, I, I know that uh, this thought is the minority right now. But I think more and more people that subscribe to and understand when you eat good food and you pay for that, you feel good. Hands well, down. you know what's interesting, Chris? I was having a conversation with somebody about the pendulum. And how the pendulum always That's swings a great, in That's a great, yeah. everything we do, yep. life, everything, whether it's in, you know, like we were just saying that the pendulum in the spirits world yep. has been so far over here. It's we did it one way, very basic. And now all of a sudden we're looking at and it'll probably get too far off the other way. Brian, just, I guarantee just you. Just like, you know, but that's con- that's conventional farming. The yeah. success of the Modern Eater show on Hyper Local and knowing where your food comes from. That is, that's the pony we ride. Yes. That's what we do. And and more and more these days, as I look, and I don't think this is too esoteric, is that the consumer wants to know. They want to spend their money in a fashion to where, here it is. You choose, but we're going to give you the education of your choice. And 
in the information technology age that we're in? Well, so here, here you go to that point is, is we just made a deal with Corner Post Meats. Right. So we big Growers Organic okay. from starting in the next couple weeks, Growers Organic is going to be distributing Love those Corner Post Meats. Love those and guys. they are, this is exactly what we do, hyper local. Yep. And the program that Daniel and his wife are running over there, are, Daniel and Adrian over there at Corner Post, it, it is exactly what Growers is all about. And when we were talking about who's going to sell it, one of the things that, I, you know, I'm a businessman and I'm not afraid to admit that because we have to make money to make sure we can make a change is one thing. Mm-hmm. As When I was younger, I was too in, intrinsic to realize that. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that we're going to make a change by sp- spending our dollars in the right place, but by making our dollars and giving it back to what the community that we have. And when I said to her, I don't want to sell it because... You are the story. You are the transparency. I want you to be able to get every dime for that meat. Yeah. And so we're working a relationship where she's going to continue to sell it. And what we're just going to provide is a method to get it from her farm and ranch to the end user. We could do this for two hours, and I I actually really want to, but I want to go away with two things. Number one, uh, Chef Chris Starkis, what's the importance of knowing where your food comes from? I think, hands down, if you know where your food comes from, you're supporting the people that are doing it right. And so generally those people are closer to where you are. You know, whatever city you're in, there's a lot of people doing it nowadays. And I think the overall health benefits of it um, outweigh going anywhere around anywhere. What about the story of your food? The story of the people that grow your food, that ranch your food, is that story important? It's, it's 100% important because I think Again, as you go in with with Adrian and Dan over at Corner Post Meats, understanding their story, and then even if you grow your own food in your garden, your your reasoning for wasting anything certainly goes down to nil. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know those people that have spent their time, they're out there in the rain and the in the snow taking care of these animals, you're gonna waste nothing from that animal. And I think that as Americans, yeah, we can we can do better cooking more of the animals that's like that Kyle way. Kyle Mendenhall. As well, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, just this whole thing about we only eat the chicken breast, <laughs> and there's so many more parts to a chicken. Correct. But we're, you know, you don't see restaurants oh highlighting the drumstick, yeah. or I've got Agreed. chicken thighs, you Agreed. know. And um, I want so. you to leave people with this. As far as Chef Chris Starkis goes, what can people understand and know about you that if they eat any dish that comes out of wherever you're from, sure. you might migrate on to other places. Who knows? Sure. You're you're fully ensconced and urban farmer right now. But what they what can they expect from Chef Chris Stark? They can expect well-executed food that's going to taste great on its own because of the sourcing, because of where it's come from, and because of the people that have put their energy into it. Hands down, it's going to be one of the best meals you ever had. Amen. Come and see us. I Amen. love yes. this guy. <laughs> awesome, brother. I mean, that's what we expect. I'm going to nail you down. You're going to come into Studio Kitchen Colorado, and we're going to do it exactly what you yes. just talked about. Yeah, we are. We Get are. the best foods ever. Thank you. Thank you, man. I mean, you say good luck to guys. No, you don't. You say continued success. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's it. Thank yeah. you. Chef Chris Starkis. All right, we'll continue. We'll go on. And again, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, uh, Andrew Moore, and Jeff Tyler, uh, Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project and Spice Trade Brewing Company. We're here tonight. It is the uh, second annual um, Gingerbread, 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 gingerbread Invitational. Invitational. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go out there and see 
Uh, who, Count the beans. Uh, who's the head of the beans? Jamie. What's Jane. a grand prize? What's a prize? There's a trophy. No, there's Ragging. a trophy. Right. Gingerbread okay. Grand Champion Trophy will be awarded <laughs> tonight to the nice. guy with the most beans. With the I, I thought with the like the guy in the sweater present. He's got a, a, yeah. a, a sweater yeah, as a present. And he is a present here I tonight. Am, yeah, Andrew yeah. Moore. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, Katie. Katie's coming in from Good Sugar Baking. That's right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Hi, I'm Andrew Moore, brewmaster at the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. At Intrepid Sojourner, beer tells a story inspired by my adventures as a well-traveled archaeologist. My recipes draw inspiration from all over the world, from historical styles like satis, grazers, and kvass, to adjunct beers inspired by flavors from international cuisines. My beers broaden the horizons of what beer can be. Explore basil IPA and Turkish coffee stout. Enjoy chai brown ale, taste lavender tripel, and the distinct horchata milk stout. Thoughtfully sourced spices and herbs enhance flavors inherent to indigenous beer styles. My sincere hope is that Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project will inspire adventure and wanderlust. Come visit the tap room and share your tales with friends and plan your next sojourn. Located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the heart of the Arts District on Santa Fe. For everything Intrepid, look us up online at sojournerbeers.com and remember to drink globally, locally. Hey Colorado, this is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Whose cuisine reigns supreme? Listening to the Modern Eater Show, the ultimate gourmet challenge. And it's time for In the Kitchen, brought to you by Gluten Free Things, a dedicated gluten free and vegan bakery in Arvada. 
I'm just going to eat cookies this segment. Why shouldn't I? Because we're live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project in the kitchen right now. Katie's coming Gingerbread in. Gingerbread Invitational. Don't forget that. Good sugar <laughs> baking. What in the world? What's good sugar baking, Katie? So good sugar baking is a uh, bakery that gives a percentage of every sale to a nonprofit. And I focus mostly on cookies, but also brownies, cupcakes, kind of anything. I want to give you three minutes to hit hard right now. Can you hit hard? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I love the, the, you know, you're giving from to nonprofits and doing those types of things. But you make delicious cookies and you do pairings. Yeah. What are you pairing and why do you love breweries? Well, I started my career in Colorado with breweries, working in marketing and bartending and management. And just really fell in love with the craft beer industry. And I've always been a baker, so I figured why not combine the both? That's what you call entrepreneurship at its finest, because you find a need, you fulfill the need, and you bring the cookies to the breweries. And how can people find your cookies right now? You can go online to goodsugarbaking.com, or you can go to one of the many breweries in Denver and find them pretty much anywhere. What you makes- have a different night. Every brewery I've, I know has your cookies at Good. one night of the week. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. What makes your cookies so delicious? Beer? All, all of the beer that I drink. <laughs> <laughs> I love I it. was going to say, I think it's the, the social entrepreneurship side of her because of what she's doing. I mean, she, you came, you had a little bit of a social responsible career before you got into the beer, right? You were out yeah. fundraising for some different charities. Yep. Yeah, I work with, I love working with nonprofits and whenever breweries are involved, I love being a part of that too. Nice. Nice, Katie. What kind of cookies do you bake? All kinds. Any um, kind? Any kind. I'm looking at a, uh, is this, this, that's not a chocolate chip cookie. That's not. That's a maple baking cookie. Where do you cook your cookies? I have a commissary kitchen that I bake out of. We have a kitchen. <laughs> you want to come bake your yeah, cookies you in our kitchen? Just whenever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the price is right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the price is right. What do you look for as far as, uh, do you pair? Do you go taste the beers first? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I sit down with the brewer and owners and whoever really wants to, and we just try a bunch of different beers and cookies together. Try oh, it. so it's more, see, I was I was sort of talking with Katie here before the show segment, and we're this whole concept of is she making cookies specifically for their beer, and this is really what you're saying is it's more about you bring some cookies, you find the beer that pairs best with the cookie. Hey, Jared, buy yeah. me a minute. Take that minute out of there so we don't have to break. I want one more minute just so we can talk about these cookies, where you can find them, and the breweries that she's working with right now. So, breweries, give a few shout-outs to where they can look for these cookie parents. Uh, River North Brewery is one of my favorites. I love them. Zuni Street Brewing, Intrepid, always great. Um, oh, my gosh. I don't know. Little a lot machine. of breweries listen to us. Do you want to put a plead out right now? of why they should have your cookies or no? Because they're delicious. Nobody ever has sweets. <laughs> well, uh, sweets are... I love the sweets. <laughs> uh, most of the time it's 2 a.m., but I can eat and drink these. Yeah. Oh, we're good. We're yeah. good. Yep, thank you. So as we talk about the cookies again, you have a website? I do, goodsugarbaking.com. Goodsugarbaking.com. Well, and Greg, this is one of the things, though, that I really like about the brewing industry is because you meet, like, you meet some really unique people because 
beer is like a platform, becomes a platform for the community. So you meet people that are with nonprofits, you meet people making cookies, you meet former archaeologists, former we'll engineers. How about a bite to eat? It's time for the second course, hour number two of the modern eater. What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Yes, indeedy, Mr. Tweedy, as our man Greg Hollenbeck would Love say. It. There we go, second hour of the modern eater here. As we continue. Yes, yes. Richie Snyder is not lost anymore. We no. found him. We found him. <laughs> he does have the striped shirt on. <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> I, I got delayed at the plant. I had to hang out there for a little bit. But jetted over here. Holy cow, you guys draw a crowd. <laughs> no, we don't. Intrepid uh, does. Intrepid you know, Turner I mean, Beer Project. And the gingerbread houses. And now, annual. And, and now this, what's coming Rich, up? Rich, you know, we got like fun. five people that follow us around all the time. You know, there's like... <laughs> five good people. <laughs> this so, is a good one. Yeah, we continue from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Andrew Moore, give the address out. Yeah, so we're here uh, just south of downtown at 925 West 8th Avenue in between Santa Fe and Calumet. The beer is delicious, and the friends, and the vibe is good. Come out and join us. I would encourage you to do that as we continue with Greg Hollenbach, Brian Freeman, uh, Jay Parker. Jay doesn't have a headset on. He's doing all the Facebook Live. We're on Facebook Live right now, but I wanted to say to you, Richie, what a good job you did last week. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, Did you have fun? Jay helped me so much. It was incredible. Uh, there's no way that would have been possible without Jay. He was definitely the the, tr- the not I'm beyond training rules. I liked been, it. I thought you held up the show. You were solid that first hour, and then you had your backup with Jay. So I thought I thought you did a great job. See, Rich. and as Come Brian and I were gone, we were watching. Yeah, we're watching. <laughs> you know, it's uh, everybody watches. No, well, we had some great guests too. But you did. I, I've earned a lot of uh, newfound respect for what Greg does. Greg just comes, I mean, he just does it so natural. Me, I had to prepare like a novel to make sure I had everything there. You're a natural talker, though. Uh, talker, yes, but as far as pulling different topics, that's a whole other story. Well, you got Mr. Hinman to, to really, I thought what he did was really incredible. That was the way he became so vulnerable on the show last week about his journey. I, I really got to, I got to give it to him, and I'm, I'm glad that he's a part of Wolf. What do you know about Zach Martinucci? Well, I'm just uh, finding out about this. Rebel bread. California baker. It sounds like studied in California. And some beautiful breads here. I love the dense, uh, the gluten structure. I mean, you got some tight bread there. Welcome to the Modern Eater Show, Zach. You're uh, thrown into the fire right now with your bread. Yeah, thank you all for having me. I love it. Throw that microphone a little closer to your face. We'll get going. Look at that. Sure, can you get me out? Oh, we can hear you perfectly. Zach, how do you describe Rebel Bread? Yeah, so Rebel Bread is a new community bakery and bread school dedicated to challenging the relationship people have with their food. Who does that? I mean, there are a lot of places out there, but we're trying to bring it to Denver. Nice. Can you hear out of that side of your headset right there? Because it's flipped turn over there. No, but I, I got enough on this side. Thank you. I, I couldn't figure that one out. So let's uh, let me dig into this because you just yeah. sort of broad stroked a, a, a concept that sure. I'm, I'm interested. A community bakery. Could dig into that. I mean, anyone shows up. Is this, it's a school? It's a community bakery. Can what, I what bake exactly my is? grandma's bread? 
where, where do you want me to answer first? What do you mean by that? <laughs> is it a community break bakery where yeah. anybody could show up, and can I come in with my grandma's recipe? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it's we're finding it means a lot of things to a lot of people, and to us, we picked that title or that tagline because it was important to us to be more than just a place for people to come in and buy bread to take home but a place they could interact with bread or engage with it learn to bake it at home ask us questions and we do a series of events as well and that before we had a brick and mortar we were hosting dinners and cooking classes and bringing bread to coffee shops so it's always been a lot more to us than just about that space where we would sell bread it's about the overall conversations we can have through it what's your affinity with bread (laughs) <laughs> I I probably was a cook before I was a baker. We always grew up eating dinner together at the table and, and cooking with my family. I studied culinary anthropology, and so I, I've always loved writing and talking and reading about food and also wanted to bake about it. And that desire came about a time when I started to learn bread from my dad's cousin, who opened a bakery near where I grew up in San Francisco. So this project was really my retrace or racing after that affinity to both share the stories behind the food that we love and just bring it to the community and teach people how to make it. So when I hear San Francisco, I hear sourdough yeah, in of course. my mind. Should I? Yeah. San Francisco have much more uh, bread than, than sourdough. It's There are all kinds of bread in San Francisco, of course, but it is known. I'm not sure if it's the original home, but it definitely has its own character of sourdough. Yeah. San Franciscans love sourdough, but people come from all over the world to learn to make it or just to eat it there. What, so, makes, yeah, a do good, they, do what they, makes a good sourdough? Well, here, that's exactly Starter. where I want to go with it. It's going to go. That's a good question. Um, there are different kinds of sourdough. Yeah, please. In San Francisco, there are kind of two schools of thought, at least that we'll follow. There's a Boudin style is one of the old school bakeries. They've saved their sourdough starter from the 1906 fires after the earthquake and still have a shrine dedicated to it. They make a really acetic, vinegary, back-of-the-mouth sourdough. It's a lot denser and chewier. And the new school that we're learning from, all of the, like the new celebrity chef bakers come out of Chad Robertson's tartine style. And that bread, technically speaking, is more lactic. It's like a yogurty sour, uh, more front-of-the-mouth. So anyway, the point being, even just in San Francisco, there's all this diversity among sourdough. I personally like a mix of the two, and so that's the kind we bake. And when you go somewhere like that and get to try the different kinds, you kind of get to pick for yourself like what your favorite sourdough is. Okay, Zach yeah. from Rebel Rebel Bread Please. right here. Um, I want to. The sourdough actually kind of intrigues me because there's a few uh, things to me when it comes to sourdough. What is it with heating sourdough after it's been baked to where it changes its complexity with taste? Like toast. Yeah, the, the, the sour There's something magical com- about yeah, sourdough what is toast, it? right? What am, I, what am I experiencing? So a lot of times when we're eating bread after it's cooled down, just because your tongue is so sensitive to heat, when the bread is at room temperature, you can taste a lot more of the flavor nuances. You get that sour more than you do when it's fresh. I, I like oven. that. And then when you toast it, I think it's just the caramelization of the grains. It's why we like toast or cooked or caramelized things in general. You just get all that nuttiness and new flavors develop. The inflammation. Yeah, out of what was already a good bread. How many strains do you have right now that you're holding on to? And do you let people use part of it to make their own bread? So we just have one right now. Uh, Her name's Allison. And I've gone through a few, but I'm pretty sure Allison is the one I brought from baking school in San Francisco. Oh, really? Um, Okay. Yeah. So it was originally the San Francisco Baking Institute strand. And you just keep growing it, right? 
Yeah, we, we feed it every day and it grows as big or as little as, as we need it for that bake and we're always happy to give it out. Um, there's a Montessori Academy down the street that just borrowed some and learned to bake some bread with their like preschool classes and sold it at a bake sale and anyway, we're happy to share it with them. Maybe anyone. help somebody understand what that means when you feed it. You're, you're sure. giving it, you know, some puppy chow. What, what, what are you feeding it down there? So your sourdough starter is a mix of flour and water and then it collects the natural yeast and bacteria that like live on your hands and in the air and you know the good bacteria that give us that sourdough flavor. So literally the starter is this like oatmeal looking mush of flour and water. But because it's alive, because it has this yeast in it, it grows, it expands as it eats the sugars and the flour every day and creates carbon dioxide and other, anyway, it grows and whatnot. And then once we use it in our bread, it provides a natural leavening agent that yeast, the natural bacteria and yeast in there, essentially digests the gluten on your behalf. It like starts eating at the bread, which makes it more digestible for you. It gives us that sour flavor and it helps the bread rise so we don't have to use a powdered yeast. And then at the end of the day, feeding it is just giving it more flour and water so it can continue that cycle. Let's, uh, let's do the jump across between bread and beer, right? So you're continually or you should be sure. harvesting strains that can continue on from one loaf, one bread to the next. You do the same thing with beer, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we do a little bit of yeast harvesting here, um, kind of taking that uh, product and repitching it into other beers. Um, our, due to kind of the unique nature of the adjuncts and things, we don't do a ton of that carryover from one beer to the other because I'm paranoid that we'll end up with basil lavender triple or lavender Turkish coffee stout or <laughs> some combination of flavors that shouldn't be in the glass together. Um, but yeah. But, but when they made IPAs, and traditionally that would come down in under un, under Africa and come back up into uh, Asia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those those strains, I mean, those, those were harvested and held on to for quite some time, just like uh, the strains of bread. And the yeast yeah. and the breads. Yeah, I mean, you have a long history in, in Western Europe of sort of cultivating yeast, because most yeast uh, won't ferment, you know, malt sugars, which is what we need it to ferment in order to produce alcohol and beer. Um, so it's very rare now that we find a wild yeast that both ferments malt sugars and doesn't produce any terrible flavor compounds. Um, so, you know, there were you know, hundreds of years of kind of natural selection in Europe to say, oh, this yeast is working. Let's keep repitching it, um, and over time, it you know it got better at fermenting those malt sugars, um, and, and better and better, and then you know they developed this kind of regional terroir uh, to the yeast that we use today. So you know saison yeast has a particular sort of northern French uh, terroir. You know there are Belgian yeasts that have very specific sort of geographical locations associated with their flavors, and yeah, all of that's come from that hundreds of years of cultivating and repitching and figuring out uh, can you do a sourdough beer absolutely one of my uh favorite breweries outside of colorado is scratch brewing in illinois and they do almost all of their beers uh with a sourdough uh culture um, and they use that same sourdough culture i believe to make the pizza that they serve at the brewery and what well. kind of flavor does that give it so you yeah, get yeah. like a little bit of it's more of that like sort of lactic yogurt um, strain of sourdough that Zach was talking about. So you get a little bit of that kind of at the front of the palate with a lot of their their beers. Nice. I love it. Uh, Zach, how can people 
get more information about what you're doing with your company, Rebel Bread? Yeah, the two best ways are we have a website, rebelbread.com. We're on Instagram as well. There we've got our calendar of events. We talk about what we serve at the bakery. We'll look it up right now. Yeah, a little bit more about our story. And then if you're in Denver, we're at 2400 Curtis Street. It's in Curtis Park, Five Points. Open Wednesday through Sunday mornings. And you can come by and try what we're baking, and we all love to have conversations about bread, whether you're a home baker or just want to hear a little bit more about what we do. Can we collaborate with you and do some breads at our kitchen? We have a kitchen right up the road here, Yeah, of actually. course. That would be so love much fun. What do you think, Richie? You uh, like bread, don't you? I, I, I love bread. You know, I'm looking. I wanted to ask you, like, what do yeah. you, Zach, when you leave the shop, you're turning off the lights, and there's different loaves, what do you take home? What's your favorite of your breads? I, I think I take home a sourdough most often. You still like that so, earthy? Yeah, it's so flavorful. That, I, w- I was asked today, I'm asked all the time what my favorite thing to bake is. And, like, as much as it changes every week, it kind of always comes back mm-hmm. to sourdough. Yep. Zach, could you have, yeah. are you in some restaurants? Is there places that people can get your bread besides the bakery? Yeah, we focus in uh, specialty coffee shops in Denver. We're in 10 coffee shops right now. Awesome. Uh, some of them have uh, toast programs, Huckleberry at the Dairy Block, Saper Coffee and Concepts. They serve our bread as toast. And we also do a whole range of brioche-based pastries, more coffee shop-style pastries. Well done. And those are carried across Denver as well. There's nice. a list on our website. Yeah, your rye tastes awesome. I'll tell you, I, t- I tasted that with a little bit of the beer. This is the uh, good Russian stuff, beer. right? Yeah. I mean, we're showing you the good stuff in Denver. And Zach from Rebel Bread, um, come check him out. And uh, if you heard a couple of places, they... You may frequent. The story is always good. And uh, Zach from Rebel Bread, thank you so much. Give the website again. Sure thing. Rebelbread.com. Rebelbread.com. Easy breezy. Thanks for having me. Great story. Zach, there he is. Alex and David are coming up from Squirrel Square Barrels. Do you know what they are? You'll find up next right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, brewmaster at Brews Beers in Denver. Need a break from holiday madness? Stop into Brews Beers. We make lots of badass Belgian-style beers, and for the holidays, we've cooked up some very special ones, including a saison fermented with beets, a gingerbread double, a figgy pudding brown ale, plus a Belgian chocolate stout, and of course, our Belgian-style champagne beer, brewed once a year and not to be missed. We're in the Midtown community at 67th and Pecos, and if you're looking for some great holiday gift ideas, we've got those too. Cool brewery apparel, limited bottlings of small batch brews, and special gift boxes. And then there's the ultimate beer experience, a 10-day beer tour of Belgium this coming May. Don't forget to stock up on beers for your holiday parties at Brews Beers, 1675 West 67th Avenue in Denver. Come on in, bring your dog, and experience some Belgian-style badassery. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. 
Hi, I'm Andrew Moore, brewmaster at the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. At Intrepid Sojourner, beer tells a story inspired by my adventures as a well-traveled archaeologist. My recipes draw inspiration from all over the world, from historical styles like satis, grazers, and kvass, to adjunct beers inspired by flavors from international cuisines. My beers broaden the horizons of what beer can be. Explore basil IPA and Turkish coffee stout. Enjoy chai brown ale, taste lavender tripel, and the distinctive horchata milk stout. Thoughtfully source spices and herbs, enhance flavors inherent to indigenous beer styles. My sincere hope is that Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project will inspire adventure and wanderlust. Come visit the tap room and share your tales with friends and plan your next sojourn. Located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the heart of the Arts District on Santa Fe. For everything Intrepid, look us up online at SojournerBeers.com and remember to drink globally, locally. My name is Chef Keegan Gerhardt, owner of D-Bar, and you're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. All right, I love this. Live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project right now. It's popping off in here in the brewery. I love this. It's got to be popping, and if you're hanging out with Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, Andrew Moore, good night tonight, Andrew. No, it's a great night. You I'm like just, it? I'm still enjoying the spread from Rebel Bread. All right, we have a uh, little competition going on outside there with our uh, gingerbread yes, we do. houses. Do we have a front runner? I don't know. I was sneaking out during the commercial breaks to vote for myself. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. <laughs> no, but I need to. Uh, I actually need to. Here's some that's cool we checked in with them last year and i can't wait to catch up but alex and david squirrel square barrels what in the world alex hey what is it well it's a reusable square barrel <laughs> you've seen these before so what you can do with this is customize all sorts of different wood species it's on our facebook yeah. live but i can't see past that beautiful ring you have oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> so the barrel is actually designed to maximize the use of the oak tree resource yes. which is kind of a dwindling resource totally so this is, is all designed to really be a more sustainable barrel but it also maximizes like the creativity because every stave is separate here you can basically have 12 different barrels in one all right talk to the purists right Okay, so besides like what you think of when you think of a regular barrel, the romantic kind of beautiful barrel house, this is designed to give you the same things. It's designed to give you equivalent micro-oxygenation, which is what you're looking for in a barrel, right? Like you're looking for that exchange between the environment, the wood, and the liquid inside it. Um, And when you you kind of use a steel frame as the structure it just gives you a lot more create like a lot of uh benefits so it kind of opens the doors does the steel let off any flavors no 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 the steel is totally inert um so you're getting everything you need from the wood the wood is 100 percent flavor and and, you know and the oxygenation that exchange but you're not wasting wood as structure so like a regular barrel most of it is just holding that barrel shape together david monahan do you think her I, well, I, I do concur. I think the one thing I would say is that for the wood, it's actually, the wood is actually pre-conditioned, so it's, it's, um, it's the highest quality wood that you can get off of a tree, mm-hmm. so, but they can't use it because it's too short. So it's actually been already filtered to, to have all the qualities that you need for the, for the purest. Yeah. It's like that, a wine barrel, that, but the, better. It's a wine barrel quality. <laughs> uh-huh. 
but it's actually too Well, short. in one of the staves, you cut some, it looks like you we cut do, some. This is an option. You can have cross-cut staves if you want extra exposure. What you're doing here is called end-grained exposure. I so call that full penetration. Yeah, you can call it that, too. <laughs> it is, That's okay. I mean, I well, <laughs> you can I have minimal <laughs> penetration yeah, or yeah, full no. penetration. <laughs> you know, just the tip I, if I you like want. <laughs> but, but it's up to you. We actually have a lot of uh, partners that start with the flat wood, and then they add their own cuts to it. Yeah. So they can work with the wood more effectively as they continue to use it. Work with the wood. Yeah. Again, some people say cut no corners. Oh. Right? Cut no corners. We say it's all on the edge. It's <laughs> right? all on the edge. I like yeah, that. Exactly. Now, is anyone burning? Because I've seen some of these guys where they Char. charring the, yeah, the wood. Yeah, absolutely. We do that, too. So for, for beer, for wine, you don't really need the char. Char is more like a filter. Um, like when you create that carbon charcoal filter, it's more for whiskey or spirits when you're going to kind of filter out some of the impurities. Interesting. Yeah, but we do that. Absolutely. We have four char levels. I, I'm in. Great. <laughs> I'm in. And I'm one of those people that's pretty much a pessimist with a lot of things. If it works right, don't try and change it up. But you uh, truly, I think that right now with what Squirrel has to offer, you have to talk to the purists that say, there's a scarcity of wood. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about precision. Let's talk about science. Why would you not embrace that? Exactly. Talk about it. Well, I mean, well, David, do you want to say that? I think as a purist, you know, Alex and I had a distillery for five years, and we would never get a barrel that was the same, right? So you get all these barrels, and yeah, they're all unique and have their own character. The problem is they have their own character, right? And you're trying to make a product a for the market, product. a consistent product for the market. So you end up doing things like blending. You try to actually, you know, do things to make it closer to what you want. And what we can do is we can provide you with something that's just always consistent, always going to be the same. So you put it in. You know, he can yeah. put it. He can put a beer in, and a week yeah. later he can pull something out that he can use. David, who's on so, board with you? Who's on board with me? Well, besides Andrew, who isn't yeah, on, board on board with us? I want to know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but the that's more and more, yeah, yeah. it's not like to, to, to your point about cutting corners. Like, right, the, the goal here is like not to create a product that like tricks you, right? Like, right. oh, this is this is um, aged whiskey or, or barrel aged beer or something like. The goal is to create a product that is just as good, if not better, than whatever's been in those traditional barrels, but it reflects environmental realities, it reflects, it reflects market realities, uh, and it reflects those realities of consistency. So nobody's cutting corners, nobody's motivated to make an inferior oh, no. product. In fact, Absolutely. Yeah, I think the craft guys need to actually find a way to accentuate their uniqueness, right? Yeah. And so they need to find a way to create a differentiation for the product. And so what we give them is we give them the ultimate differentiation, right? Yeah. So it's been a year. A we come across a lot of people, and I, I really enjoy this. Why haven't I been able to put the tip in with you guys? <laughs> 
Tell me that. I mean, I what are you why. doing? What are you doing to put that message out there? Well, we really are just partnering with a lot person. of people right now to kind of understand like the effects of having this much creativity at your fingertips. It's a big deal. I mean, to be able to do a tequila Chardonnay hybrid barrel with Mongolian oak and <laughs> Ambarana wood from Brazil. I mean, you have a lot you of creativity. Do. So right now, you know, since we spoke a year ago, we've really been working with a lot of people to kind of expand on that and to understand these woods and these flavors and like how to best use these woods because it's not a common thing to put an ombre on a wood and a beer i mean it's unusual one well, let, let me let me jump in here and ask about the company originally out of minnesota and now you're out of you're out of northern colorado now or tell it. yeah so is it still patent pending no it's no patented. it's patented it's patented. So it's patented. Lots of patents. I tried to get in on this a year ago. <laughs> These guys, I mean, I'm telling you, no, you I, need to hire me on. Yeah, I, we yeah. do. We can so chat. We're actually a Minnesota-based company, but Alex and I are out of northern Colorado. So okay. we do all the customer service and the sales out of northern Colorado. We've got such a great culture here in the craft beer world and the craft distilling world. That, um, well, is it approachable for your home brewer? If yeah. I'm a home brewer, could I come to you oh, sure. and look at one of these? It, and when you, when we well, say they cost approachable, a million dollars. yeah, they that's cost what, that's where I was. Seven hundred dollars for this. For the keg, and, and then the wood. Seven dollars an American oak stave. So, yeah. really, so each stave, is, and there's twelve of them. You said right, right? Well, so. but they last a long time. They really do. Talking and, about putting yeah. the tip in, that's all we can do tonight. <laughs> we want to have you yeah, back. Yeah. Hey, let me just say, come visit us in Fort Collins, <laughs> all of you guys, if I you're think, ever out that way. The reason you. why, you know, beyond putting your tip in is it depends. <laughs> it takes you a while. It takes the customers a while to really, especially yeah. on the whiskey side, you know, you're committing your whole product to that for a couple of years in a barrel. And so for us, it's three or four months. And so there, we actually just tried a whiskey yesterday Three months for the small whiskey. Can I try it right now? And it was I have some, some yeah. Hoops. I can totally you did? get it. Really oh. Yeah, we'd love to. Well, have so. you talked to Sean Smiley with State 38? Because oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. He's cool. He might be someone that would collaborate with you to just to get the A name out. Would. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what we're that's what we're doing right now is just really working with people to understand it, and so we can provide the best level of understanding because that's the point here is like Wood Discovery Center, really. Yeah. yeah. That's well, awesome. thank you for having us. Congratulations, yes. both of you, what thank you're talking you. about. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It, it looks really innovative yeah. for sure. I'm in love with fun. both of you, <laughs> and uh, I don't and want it to be that. another He's year. <laughs> I don't want it to be another year. <laughs> Come to our studio kitchen. It's right we'll down We'll do the that. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Alex and product. David, Squirrel Square Barrels. It's uh, on Facebook Live right now. And uh, when you see the video on Monday morning, just go ahead and share it. Why we'll not? Do. Thank we'll you. do that. Thank you Thank so much. You. All right. We All continue. Right. We'll go on next. My Make Studio, they helped us be a ringer. And uh, I think we have a good gingerbread house. I think we have a good gingerbread house and then Andrew Moore. Booze in the news. All the booze news you can use at 745. Andrew Moore, Jeff Tyler, and uh, John. John. John from Guanella Pass Brewing Company. Oh, yes. We're saving him for last. No, we have not spoken with John yet. All right. We'll do that next from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path. 
through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Do you have the goods? If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Do you love a great sandwich? How about wood oven roasted vegetables on multigrain bread with rosemary mayo and olives? Vegan and certified gluten-free. Or for the meat lover, try one of their most popular menu items. The Paleo Bowl, with house-smoked pork, wood-oven-roasted veggies, two sunny-side-up eggs, and Indonesian sambal sauce. It's delicious. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two happy hours daily, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They're family and children-friendly, and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant, offering a wide menu of gluten-free and vegan options. And they don't forget about meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com Get ready to change the way you look at food. This is Peter Allman, the founder of South River Aquaponics and Alpenglow Mushrooms. As a Le Cordon Bleu trained chef, I know the importance of quality ingredients. That's why in 2013, I left the fine dining industry to start a sustainable organic farm. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow, we are the leader in sustainable growing practices, utilizing our natural resources as effectively as possible. No pesticides, no GMOs, no funny business, just clean, honest food production. We use old world techniques combined with modern technology to bring you the best possible produce. Our gourmet mushroom facility provides CO2 for our greenhouse that grows tilapia as well as lettuces and herbs in our aquaponics system. Look for us in natural grocers, city market, and served on the plates of Colorado's finest chefs. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow Mushrooms, we're growing greener. To learn more about aquaponics and see our products, go to our website at southriveraquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming. My dad's vegetables are so good, I can't live without them. If you've got a business and need a website or need a graphic designer, F. Johnson Design does it all. Take the headache out of trying to build your own website or design graphics. Who has time for that? F. Johnson Design will get you up and running with a professional and great-looking website. Design sharp graphics to your specifications and have your site up faster than you think. Logo, package design, SEO coding, and more. F. Johnson Design did the Modern Eater's website. Go to themoderneater.com to check out some of their work. Reach out to F. Johnson Design at fjohnsondesign.com. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny. We all love Belgian beer. Brewmaster at Brews Beers. What the f***'s wrong with you? <laughs> You're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Well, 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 we are winding down. We've got another yeah, 20 minutes in the show here, and we've got some exciting uh, folks right on. We are going into a little bit of uh, A-plus beverage. Thank you so much. Yes, a- Jeff Rourke at A-plus Beverage Solutions. 20 years in the business, family guy. Well, and I just, let's go off script, right? Who needs to talk about Jeff Rourke from a script? Because the reality, he is an incredible man when it comes to designing a tap system for your establishment. What and do you know about Jeff Rourke? Anything good? Well, remember I was there when he had his, uh, when he had a second child. You know, we were we had him over at the Salvage restaurant right when he had that little baby. Family Super nice man. guy, family guy. If you look at things like a Tap 14 downtown, uh, both those businesses rely on Jeff Rourke and A Plus Beverage Solutions. 
Uh, this is the leading guy in the industry, I have to tell you, because we all know if you pour in a fish and beer, what do you do? You're pouring your money down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. Get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. You can call them right now. Get a pen, right? Do you have a pen? Yep, I got a pen. 720-272-3809. I'm talking to you, brewers. I'm talking to you, restaurants. I'm talking to you, bars. If you're doing a build-out, he's the guy that you need to go to. If you're somebody who is uh, just saying, why is my tap line really just crappy, right? Well, it's stale. It's it's bleeding air. It, it just, yeah. And, and you're pouring inefficient beer, 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke in A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny. We all love Belgian beer. Brewmaster at Brews Beers. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> You're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. All right, here's what's cool. We're an intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. It is the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio as we continue with Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman. Little, Little Rich is around here. He's, he's in mangling. the house somewhere. Yep. Uh, we he's got mangling. Avery. We got Andrew Moore. People are having fun. Squirrel Barrel is here. Gigi's here. She's taking pictures right and now. And she looks so festive. I love Gigi so much. She uh, uh, she, she really has brought so much to the show. How do you describe really her has. outfit tonight? Festive. festive. 100%. She is one of Santa's elves <laughs> over there tonight. I love it. Santa's elves had to deal with us the other night as we went into My Make Studios. And uh, Linda, how, how do you deal with us? How do I deal with the modern eater guys? Yeah, yeah. We enjoy every bit of being with you guys. Oh my goodness. And you have Chela here as hey, well. Hi, Chela. Hi. You you guys do it right. So how do you describe my make studio? Oh, my make studio is a decorate yourself cupcake and cake studio. So you come on in, we have everything baked, and then we have icing, fondant, candies, all the works. You can do it yourself, or you can take one of our classes from Chayla here, and she'll teach you how to do it. Who do you hope comes into my mix studio? Everyone. <laughs> Kids, adults, uh, we have beer and wine, so we kind of serve everybody. I'm a kid. Absolutely, you are. And I love to go I've into my decorate. mix studio, and I love to decorate. <laughs> yeah, so wait, you're at, like, Yale and Monaco? Yale at... Yep, 6460 East Yale, Monaco. What okay. would you do without Chayla? Without Chayla, oh, <laughs> there would not be a My Make Studio without Chayla. So she is I mean, our truly. assistant manager. She's the instructor for our classes. She is the creative everything behind everything we do. And you love it. Oh, this I absolutely love it. It is 100% percent When passion. I look at the Modern Eater Show, this is my passion. And I look at you guys, Linda and Chayla. It's your passion to be able to make these things with people. Absolutely. And show them that you can be creative. You can have fun with food. Let's make, is it all food-based, guys? So everything is cupcakes or cakes, and then we do gingerbread houses at Christmas. You can eat um, all our stuff. Yeah, so everything <laughs> is food-based, and we can even make food-looking cupcakes. So yeah. Chayla is a master at that. So if you want, like, a spaghetti and meatball-looking cupcake, she's your girl. It's my favorite thing to do. So I love these guys. I mean, not only will they put up with me, they'll put up with you, too. <laughs> you go in there, a party. You can have a party. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, look, slow down for me, because <laughs> I, I, I didn't get to go on this field trip. 
are you making the the cakes or the pastries right then yourselves, or are those pre-made? So the cupcakes and the cakes are pre-made. Okay. So they come ready to decorate. So then we have everything on your table to decorate. So you just get to be the artist. You get to make it creative. You get to make it colorful. You get to put whatever you want on it. All the candy, all the sprinkles, all the icing and fondant. And you don't have to worry about the mess. We take care of that. So you can be creative, make whatever kind of chaos you want on your table, and we'll take care of all the mess. And for a parent, that must sound awesome. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic for them. (laughs) So about a year ago... Um, Jay and I called you up and we commissioned you with, we want to cheat. (laughs) We want to cheat and make a gingerbread house that will blow the socks off of people. You'll help people cheat, right? Oh, yeah. We did again this year. We we helped you cheat again. Our house is outside. (laughs) You guys do such a good job. Again, what's the address? Uh, 6460 East Yale Avenue. We're in, like, South Denver. We'd love to see you come out. Isn't it kind of, it's Hamden and it's Quebec. It's Yale and Monaco. Yeah, Yale, Yale and Monaco. Yeah, yeah. Yale and Monaco. Yale and Monaco. So, yep. Have you been there yet? I have not, but yeah. I know exactly it where out. it is. I they know exactly where it brews. is. They have craft brews. They have everything that a parent would want and a kid would want. Yeah. So you're in that Safeway uh, yeah, center yes, exactly. there. Yeah, you know that uh, <laughs> gas station across the street. We stop at it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're in there. We're just kind of <laughs> hidden gems. Yep, that's yes. Claire. How do you describe to people when they want to come in and they look at my make studio? What what do you describe to people to say, come on in, just it, it's it's very unassuming. You're not coming in there and it's intimidating or anything else. You come in there and this is a very creative environment. How do you describe it beyond that? Oh man, that's a good question. So I would say that we're just. We're kind of like an art studio, but you can come in at any level. Kind of like if you've ever done paint your own pottery, um, but you get to eat it, so yeah. it's even better. And you're not stuck with an ugly painting afterwards yes. if you don't like it. Yes. So it's a blast. I mean, you just get to come in, do whatever you want, be creative, be silly, be a mess. And people come in, sometimes it doesn't look so good, but they get to go home anyways and eat I've it. I've seen many of date nights there yes. as well. Yes. We have a date night package. You can buy a bottle of wine and decorate a cake together. It's super fun. Who doesn't want well, to do that? Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask, can I call you before Easter and say, make me some Easter bunny cookies, and then I get to come in and decorate? How does that kind of stuff work? So we already have the cupcakes and the cakes pre-made. At Easter, we will do some cu- cookies and things like that. Um, but for the most part, you just kind of come in, kind of like a paint-your-own-pottery, and pick whatever we got ready to okay. go, if that makes sense. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love these girls. Do you have a website? Yes, mymakestudio.com. Check us out. You have that? I bought that. You did no, not. You did. Yes, I, it's did mine. Not. You wish. You should see you what's wish. on it. <laughs> you have no idea. The Facebook. Pictures of Shayla. <laughs> oh yes, visit Make. Yes, we're at visit Make, and on Instagram we're at uh, visit my, my Make Studio. Visit my Make Studio. Shayla changes her hair every two weeks. I do. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Look at the Facebook just for Shayla's hair. Yes. Like, whoa, what color is it going to be? This it changes summer? for seasons. It does change for seasons. I think it's perfect. Thank uh, you. Well, the website's fun, man. I'll tell you. I've, I've been checking it out. They've got all kinds of, I mean, I and I guess these are your customers' creations. Yeah. yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. so what you're highlighting on there isn't stuff oh, that yeah. you We don't want it did. to feel intimidating. We want it to feel very supportive. Like, anyone can come in and try something. And everyone has a different learning style, too, and a creative style. And we'll help you make what you want. So, so do you have videos for me when I come in so I can watch them and learn? You know, I'm I mean, you have me, but I can pull up the Okay. Okay. Like. <laughs> as far as the gingerbread houses go tonight, yep. if we don't win. Oh, we will. We will? We will. Okay, we have to stack. Linda's been campaigning. <laughs> have you? Yeah, of course I have. I love that. Of course I have. These guys are great. Again, the address from my make studio. 
6460 East Yale Avenue. Come check us out. Again, hyper-local family businesses. This is why I love Linda and Jay Sadowski, man. These guys are great. And they have Chela there with her. Um, if we were to come in to my make studio during the Christmas season, what can we expect? Oh, man. You can expect a lot of peppermints and candy canes. <laughs> so come on in. We got gingerbread houses. We got all the fun Christmas candy. And uh, we'll be ready to celebrate with you some good Christmas tunes. Tons of and gumdrops. Gumdrops Lots and jelly of beans. festive outfits. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. All right. Thank you, girls. Yeah, thank it. you for thank having you for us. Thank show. you. These guys are great. 15 minutes left in the mo- or 12 minutes left. We ran long with these girls because we love them. Chela, thank you. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> She's fantastic. All right. We'll wrap it up right here from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, Andrew Moore, Jeff Tyler and John Strother Uh, these guys are great brewers and we'll finish it up here from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, why not Brian? Oh it's a great night, I'll tell you it's a packed crowd and Saturday night in America kids. That's how we do it right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Hey, Colorado chefs. Brian Freeman with Growers Organic and the Modern Eater Talk Show. Do you care about where your food comes from? I do. Do you want loyalty from customers who care about that as well? I can help by providing top quality organic produce with reliable delivery, knowledgeable sales team who genuinely care about how food is grown, transported, and served. Chefs, Growers Organic will ensure you have excellent ingredients for your next James Beard dinner, your nightly specials, or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a a chair and and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. Welcome back to the Modern Eater. We're hanging out here at Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Over off Santa Fe and in Denver. This is a great night here. Who are you? We're hanging out. I'm Jeff Tyler with Spice Trade Brewery. We are here with Andrew Moore from Intrepid Sojourner. John Strother from Guanella Pass Brewing Company. We're talking about craft beer, guys. We're in the craft beer industry. 
What's going on, Andrew? What's what's the what's the coolest beer you're working on right now? Well, right now one of the things I'm really excited about is uh, this Resilience Butte County IPA. So, uh, as some of the listeners may know, um, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company out in California has put together an IPA recipe, and all the proceeds go to benefit um, the the fire efforts in California. And so they've challenged breweries across the country to come together, brew this beer, put it on tap on Thursday, December 20th, um, and all the proceeds, again, go out to the to the effort to recover in California. So John at uh, Guanella Pass Brewing Company up in Georgetown called me up and said, hey, let's brew this beer. Um, so we went up to their place uh, about a week and a half ago and, yep. and brewed some Resilience County Butte IPA. And all the proceeds from, from the Resilience IPA go to help with the fire relief Absolutely. efforts Correct. and yeah. all of the yeah. build, rebuilding and repairing efforts. Yeah, yeah 100%, 100% of the proceeds go to that effort. Uh, and Jamie over at Cobrew uh, was kind enough to, to pitch in and uh, the lads at Root Shoot. Yeah. Um, hooked us up with some grain and uh, guys at Inland Island hooked us up with some yeast. So yeah, it was a nice... It was it was it was cool to have a you know a few breweries and and a, and, a, and lots of different uh, folks helping us out with that. Yeah, and it's got Pure a lot community. of community. Yeah, there's a community outside of the state too. Like the, these wildfires yeah. have had zero impact on the state right. of Colorado. However, multiple Colorado yeah. breweries have decided to band together and help brew a beer to help fundraise well, something for like this. Thirty percent of breweries nationwide are brewing yeah. this beer. Yeah. yeah. And are releasing it in the next couple of yeah. days. And it's like just the power to be able to, to sort of marshal that force, yeah. I think, is pretty impressive. Well, people love beer, I think. <laughs> Am I stepping out of bounds when I say people I, I love I beer? I think you're amongst companies. Okay. Yeah. People exactly. love beer, and I think people love supporting good causes. And when brewers get behind good causes, then people get behind good causes. So it's cool to see uh, brewers be the conduit to, uh, to get people to go behind good causes. There's other breweries in Denver that are supporting this cause, too. There's a whole other conglomerate, I think. A breweries over at yes. Woods Boss that are yeah. uh, Resolute Brewing Company who's here tonight uh, pouring their chai vanilla brown ale uh, was involved in that collaboration yeah with Woods Boss and yeah. uh, I'm beaming with so with pride and I'm going to step aside because we have four minutes left but Jeff Tyler is taking control <laughs> he's the I host of this segment right now and me yeah. yeah Brian and I yeah, that's it go ahead Jeff all right we got uh, we got four more minutes to talk about beer. Um, what is the coolest stuff going on in beer? In my opinion, Collaboration Fest is one of my favorite events all year long. It's when brewers pull out all the stops. They do all the fun stuff with the beer. Um, let's talk about what we're doing for Collaboration Fest. Let's talk about the cool projects that we're, we're working on for Collab Fest. Yeah. I know Andrew and I over at Spice Trade and Intrepid are working on a collaboration beer that I'm super excited about. Uh, it's a Peruvian-inspired beer. I'm not going to give away all the nice. secrets of it, nice. um, but it has some... Peruvian wood. It's it's got it's got inspiration from spirits from Peru, uh, some wine inspiration. It's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, John, are you guys? Yeah, doing we, uh, we we are uh, uh, we were approached by uh, Tommy Knocker uh, oh, nice. uh, a while back to do a collab. And to be completely honest with you, we haven't really sat down and got our uh, our, uh, our uh, you know the details uh, yeah, worked out, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. This show is PG, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. It's PG. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've yep. got to watch my yeah. tongue. So, family anyway. show. Right, right, right. So yeah, it's we're a family beer show. I, yeah. I, you know, we're we're a, we're a, we're a small uh, staff up in up in Georgetown. So uh, you know, it, we when whenever we have, we have one or two things going on, we get overwhelmed yeah. rather easily. Well, that's so a, that's a, like but, like one of the things that like drew me to the beer industry. I think drew some of you guys to the beer industry is like 
especially in the U.S. beer culture, there's so much to know, right? Like, yeah. There's something to be said for German breweries that have been making the same Hefeweizen since 1592 and tradition. doing an amazing job. But when you open a brewery in the United States, the expectation is that you brew everything, and you brew everything pretty darn good the first try, right? And so that's why, like, there's this just wonderful atmosphere of collaboration because there's so much to know. Yeah. Like, we can't possibly know it all. I mean, there's seven or eight brewers here tonight uh, and, and chefs, and it's just every time yeah. you get those kind of people in the same room, you, the beer gets better. And I right. think the fun thing with the American brewing industry is that we don't have that thousands and thousands of years of tradition driving what we're doing, and that allows us to be innovative uh, and develop our own culture, develop our own traditions, but it also lets us do that collaboratively. We're not in our trenches working on our own projects. Everyone just wants to make the coolest, best beer that we possibly can, because we don't have that that tradition. And, you know, at the end of the day, you got a little seven-barrel system that, you know, if you jack something up and it's not so good, you're not beholden yeah. to uh, lots of outside influences. You know, so yeah. It's nice. I feel like what, we're going to get some one nasty minute, letters boy. from some German one brewers minute, after One minute, show. boy. I think we're making great time. I think we have good. one more item to talk about Go. before we sign off here. And uh, that one item is... Uh, our favorite, our favorite liquor that we could make a beer cocktail with. We're just going to go off the wall. I'm going to start it off. I'm going to say my favorite liquor to make a beer cocktail with is Amaro. We're actually working on a beer collaboration right now with Launchpad. That's an Amaro, a Montenegro-inspired cocktail uh, beer. That's going to be really cool. It's going to be a couple of different versions. We're going to have a beer cocktail version of it. We're going to have a base beer version of it, lots of spices blended in. Um, Do you understand yeah, how yeah, long a minute is? 30 seconds, guys. 30 <laughs> yeah, seconds. Hit it off. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm super interested in tequila right now. We're working on something tequila nice. barrel aged, maybe within a couple out-of-state breweries for Collab Fest. Cheers to that. Yeah, and I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a simpleton. I'll, I, I'd like to do some with gin, you know? Gin. Yeah. Botanical yeah. gin. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. It goes well with, say, like an IPA. I know you've done some, some yeah. juniper and stuff I love, like that. I so, love gin. Yeah. I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to yeah. that. Yeah. Awesome. Great, Great job, Greg, Jeff Tyler. This is the modern Thank you for hosting that segment. Greg, you're the man. Andrew. Yeah, thanks. What a great night. Well, thank you from the Modern Eater for coming down and doing the show. Well, we do. It's great to have you guys. Back next week from uh, former Saint on the Modern Year.